Hello, hello, and welcome back to Daybreak 41's podcast. This is our Wednesday Word podcast, and we are talking all about conception. So once again, this is chapter nine of the Exceeding Expectations book review. In the past, I've just done Wednesday Word podcasts, but this book review has replaced all of those, and we're in week nine, and this is 12 weeks long. So we are getting closer to the end every single week. Uh, But I'm super excited to talk about conceptions this week. I actually already recorded the podcast and I listened to it and one the sound quality was really bad but two I was like this ain't it like this is not the message um and so here I am again re-recording the episode because I just listened back to it and I was like that's that is not what I feel like the Lord wants women to hear so as I'm reflecting on the chapter I keep coming back to um the story of Abraham and Sarah and this is a very specific story, so I don't feel like it's all-encompassing of conception, but I feel like this is the story that the Lord is leading me to share. So that's what I'm going to do. So let's pray really quick, and then we'll dive straight into the scripture. Lord, thank you so much for <clears throat> how you created women, for our ability to conceive, for the control that you have over opening and closing the womb, and just for your grace and gentleness and sovereign plan when it comes to conception. God, I ask that you would speak through me, that you would not allow me to say words that are hurtful to women in various situations when it comes to conception, but that all of the words that are said would shine a light on you and your glory and your ability to do the impossible. Amen. All right, so I know that the scripture for this chapter was Psalm 139. And one, I just want to say, how profound that scripture is. If I have time at the end, I will go back to read that. But like I said, I really feel led to share the story of Sarah. And I don't know why, uh, but that's what we're going to share because that's where I feel like the Spirit is leading me. So I'm going to be covering a lot of scripture. I'm not going to be reading a ton, but the reason I share that is because I'm going to be going from Genesis chapter 15 to Genesis chapter 21. And we're talking about years and years and years of time that has passed between those chapters. We can read that in 30 minutes, but we're talking about decades of time past. So that's important context to keep in mind. I'm not going to be able to touch on everything that happens in those chapters in the short amount of time. I'm not going to really be able to touch on Hagar much. And she has a really specific important story as well that I don't want to dismiss or um, not act as if it's you know any less important because it's not. Uh, but I'm specifically going to be talking about Sarah today. So in Genesis 15... God appears to Abraham in a vision and he says, Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings since I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So 
All of that is important, but verse six is literally why God counted Abraham as righteous was because he just believed him. God told him something was going to happen and he believed him and God counted him as righteous because of that faith and because of him believing that God was going to do what he promised for him and Sarah. All right, so then we're going to move on to literally the next chapter. So he just said this, um, although this is the next chapter, probably about 10 years has passed. Okay. So at this point, Sarai, which is, you know, will soon become Sarah, is getting really impatient. And she's like, okay, God said that we were going to have a baby. We're not having the baby. Like, well, like maybe I need to take things into my own hands. So that's what I'm going to do. So she says, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. I'm going to stop right there. She knows it's the Lord's It's within the Lord's power and authority to give her children. And she knows God hasn't given her children. She knows. So she's not doubting whether or not this isn't her issue. She knows this is a God issue. And it's not even an issue. It's God is the one preventing her from having children. It's not her body. It's not anything going on inside internally. It's not her husband. She knows it's God. And so I think that's really important to hammer in on this message is that God is the one who opens and closes the womb. It's not your body. It's not your husband's body. And I know there are lots of controversial things here. And, and I'm not dismissing, like, the process, right? I'm not dismissing medically what has to happen for you to conceive. That's not what I'm doing. But God has shown us time and time again in his word that he is the one who allows us to conceive. Not a process, not some medical intervention. It is him and him alone. And praise God for all of the medical advances that have happened in the last 20, 30 years. Praise the Lord for that. We are thankful for that. But at the end of the day, it is not those things that allow you to conceive. It is the father and the father alone. So Sarai is like, I'm sick of waiting. I'm going to take things into my own hands and I'm going to give you my servant and you can have a, a baby with her. And that's how I will become a mother. And if you know anything about that story, you know, that does not go well. Uh, first of all, Hagar, her servant does not want to be pregnant. She's not interested in bearing her child. She's not interested in bearing a child. So if you want to look more into that, I encourage you. It would We could talk for hours about this, so that's why I'm not going to d- dive into Hagar's story. But Hagar is someone that the Lord also sees. And despite her not wanting to have that child, she has the child, and God blesses her and her son abundantly because of it. And... That is a really, really important story as well. But like I said, we're going to talk more about Sarah. So Sarah has, one, they received a promise, or Abraham received a promise in chapter 15. Two, chapter 16, Sarah starts to doubt because she she wants to take control. And she's like, I'm going to take this into my own hands. So just one chapter later, she's doubting. Like I said, that's been about 10 years, so it's a long time. But she's like, no, I'm not waiting anymore. So then we go into chapter 17, verse 15, and it says, Then God said to Abraham, Regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. King of nations will be among her descendants. And I just think that, one, it's super humbling, right? Like, um, I am not Sarah. Obviously, my name is Sarah. But, like, it's humbling to read that in the context of your name and realize that Sarah 
was a sinful human being who didn't deserve God's grace, who took things into her own hands, who tried to take control and conceive this baby through a different means than what God intended, who doubted God and didn't believe that God could give her a baby. And God says, no, I'm still going to bless her. I've made a promise. I've made a covenant. She's still going to be blessed. I'm still going to give her a baby. And I just think that is like such a testament to God's faithfulness. So then the next chapter, um, there are, Abraham is sitting at the entrance of his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and he noticed some men standing by. So he starts giving them water. They start, you know, chatting. Sarah is inside the tent. And these men ask, where is Sarah, your wife? And Abraham says, she's inside the tent. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, How could a worn-out old woman like me enjoy such a pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is so old? So she's, once again, she's doubting. Here we are years later, and she still doubts. She's like, no, that's not going to happen. I'm way too old for that to happen. I'm way past childbearing age. She's in there chuckling to herself, eavesdropping. And then the Lord says to Abraham, the Lord says, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. I think that is so fascinating, y'all. Like, why is that included in scripture? That is, like, crazy to me that he's, he calls her out. He says, why did you laugh? Why did she laugh? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And then she was afraid and was like, oh, I feel convicted. I feel shame. Like, I did laugh, but I don't want God to know that I laughed. And God says to her, um, or she says, I didn't laugh. He didn't even ask her. He asked Abraham. And I guess she felt the need to speak up. I would have just tried to be quiet at that point. But she was like, I didn't laugh. And the Lord said, no, you did laugh. And I thought, I just want to sit in that for a second. Like, that is fascinating to me that, like, God thought that was important enough to include in the Bible. And I don't, I don't know why he included it, but it's like, when I reflect on it, it kind of reminds me of us chuckling and really doubting God and doubting that he can do the impossible. Because he says, is anything too hard for the Lord? That reminds me of a verse last year that I was reading, uh, I think it's in Joshua, Numbers or Joshua. And it says, um, has my arm lost its power? I think it's Numbers. It reminds, same thing, same concept. Nothing is too hard for God. God God can make anyone, any woman conceive at any age. Which I think for us is like super hard to to believe, right? Because we are told that there's a certain age you have to be and everything has to be this and everything has to be that for you to conceive. Um, which scientifically, if, if that's true, like it is definitely a miracle. Scientifically, if all of those things are actually true and facts, then it is a miracle. And I believe that. Even if it's not scientifically true, it's still a miracle because God is the one who allows us to conceive. And I think that he includes this because he wants Sarah to know that he heard her. I think oftentimes when we are in the midst of trying to conceive and we want to control the process or we feel like our timing is best and, 
you know, we're thinking all these thoughts. And, and I think sometimes we think God doesn't hear us, but he hears us. He hears us doubting him. He hears us doubting his timing. He hears us doubting whether or not he knows what's best for us. And it's like, oh no, God, I, I didn't mean that. Like, I know you can, I know that you know what's best for me. It's like, well, no, that's not what you thought. That's not what you said. And so it's just interesting that he includes that in the Bible. All right, so once again, we have the promise in chapter 15. We have doubt and taking control from Sarah in 16. We have 17 where he says, I'm going to bless her. I'm going to make her the mother of many nations. Then we have 18 um, where she doubts again. So she has doubted multiple times. She has lacked faith. And then in chapter 21, this is once again years later because a lot's happening. Verse 1, it says, The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God said it would. And what I find fascinating about all of this is that God didn't give Sarah this son because she was a good person. He didn't give Sarah this son because she was blameless, um, because she deserved him. She gave him this son because she he had promised a covenant with Abraham. And also with Sarah. He made that promise with Sarah in uh, chapter 17. He said, you know, you're going to be the mother of many nations. And why this continues to be the theme of this podcast but even in something like conception if God has promised you a child and it's not happening God is not a liar he cannot lie (laughs) so as much as it feels impossible as much as it feels like this is never going to happen for you if God promises you something it is going to happen And we see this over and over and over again in the Bible. And the more that I read it, the more that I'm just amazed at how many times God shows us that he's not a liar, that he will never lie to us, that he knows our heart's desires. He knows what's best for us. He knows what's best for our children. And he is capable of doing anything with us physically. And this is all on his timeline. This is not on our timeline. And I think that in America specifically, we have become really simple in the way that we think about children and conceiving. We have thinking, we have thought, you know what? I'm going to have a baby when it's most convenient for me in my life. And it doesn't, it doesn't uh, affect me or inconvenience me whatsoever. That's when I'm going to have a baby. That is the best time to have a baby is whenever I want it. And I just think that is... One, so wrong because if you're a mother, you know that a child is not an inconvenience by any means. A child is a miracle. But as your children grow up, it's a life full of you being inconvenienced if you look at it from that negative way. Um, children have a lot of needs and they are blessings. They are physical representations of God's blessings and God's promises fulfilled in your life. And the fact that God has given any of us the responsibility to raise up his children that he knit together in our wombs is just unfathomable to me. Like praise God for even thinking that I'm worthy enough for that. And I know that I'm not, but praise him for his grace and allowing me to be a mother. 
So I'm going to end out with Psalm 139, chapter 13 through 18. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. In verse 5, it also says, You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I have no idea who this message is for uh, because it was really centered around those who haven't yet conceived, which is interesting because I wrote this in the book from a message of someone who has conceived. So if, if you are in the boat and you're listening to this and you're the one who hasn't conceived, then like God has a message for you. And he wants you to know that he's a good God, that he's faithful to his promises, and that conception happens through divine intervention and divine intervention alone. And as much as we want to look at Psalm 139 uh, for ourselves, which I think is important, we can also look at it for our future children. God saw us before we were born. He sees our children. He sees our grandchildren before they're ever born. Every day of our life is recorded in his book, every moment laid out. His thoughts about us can't be numbered. And there's no way that we can even comprehend that. But I think that the overlying message of today is that God is faithful to his promises and nothing is too hard for God. And as I've said many times, if he said it, he's going to do it. So I pray that many of you are blessed um, through conception, whether it be in the past, today, or in the future. We will all rest in the fact that God is the God who opens and closes the womb and he is in complete control of conception.